0: New York City's Department of Health has a language use guide on its site. A language use guide from a major health department. Now as a researcher and an educator in equitable uses of language and literacy, I'm telling you five reasons why this guide is good. Hi everybody. I'm Dr. Anne Marie Lebel and this is 10 minutes to better patient communication from Health Communication Partners your partners in health equity-focused education and communication. Visit healthcommunicationpartners.com. What I'm talking about today is a language use guide. So first, the basics. This is from the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. And I love some wordplay and a title. I really do. It's hosted on the nyc.gov page. And the language use guide that I'm talking about, it's a PDF, it's freely available. And it's part of the Race to Justice Action Kit. So let's just stop for a moment and appreciate that there is a whole thing called a Race to Justice Action Kit. You'll find the whole Race to Justice Action Kit there on the site. So many useful resources. The easiest way to find it may be to go to nyc.gov and search race to justice in the search box. Race, the word to, T-O, justice, like we're running fast together in the direction of justice. And I'm going to focus on one resource in this action kit. if there's time at the end, I'll mention another. So this language use guide is a clarification of key concepts and recommendations for the use of certain terms. So it's a use guide. Think, how and when am I using these terms? It's about the New York City Health Department and its commitment to, quote, using inclusive language that elevates the voices of those most affected by health inequity, end quote. The guide is explicitly for all New York City Health Department staff, but if you care about how to communicate about race, racism, Racial Equity and Social Justice, I encourage you to check it out. And as someone who spent the last 20 years on equitable uses of language and literacy in research, theory, policy, practice, I'm given five reasons this guide is so good. Number one, it starts with this three-word sentence, quote, word choice matters, end quote. Boom can't escape that truth. Anyone who starts that way, I'm already a fan. And as you'll hear, they don't back down from making some hard calls about language. They acknowledge the fluid nature of language saying, quote, language constantly evolves and varies between and within communities, end quote, which means any hard calls, including the ones they make, will need to be revisited and remade, and they promise they'll be watchful on this and update the guide over time. Number two, they make some clear-eyed distinctions among similar-sounding terms. Equity, equality, disparity, and inequity, and what they all mean in health. Maybe my favorite single takeaway, they make a distinction between health disparities and health inequities, definitely check that out. Here's a preview. The guide states, quote, analyzing health inequities does not mean simply collecting data on the differences across groups. It also means identifying and examining the social and structural causes of those differences, end quote. So again, don't miss this part. I've changed how I'm using these terms because of it. Number three. They offer a definition of social justice. Social justice is one of those terms that we all use, and it definitely gets thrown around, but very few folks are brave enough to stop and define it, say what it means to them, what it means in their organization. They do. They also offer definitions of racial equity and health equity, and they see the three in relationship to each other. And you know, I feel strongly that we need to be specific about how health equity is defined. I did an episode in which I give you six reasons why we need to be concerned about what is meant by health equity, and I'll drop that link in the notes. Number four, the guide gets into the uncomfortable stuff. For example, quote, use the R word, racism, racial equity, or racial inequity, unquote, end be explicit about racism and other forms of oppression, such as sexism, cissexism, classism, ableism, nativism, or heterosexism, end quote. They take aim at problematic terms, too, that have crept into medical and public health discourse. They look at some of the taken-for-granted ways of using language and health, and they question them. And this can be uncomfortable to do. So, check them out. They invite us into these uncomfortable spaces. They talk right to us as language users. For example, quote, explore what kind of biases or assumptions you may have that could inform the way you communicate about the topic, end quote. I appreciate their willingness to unearth the assumptions we've been making and take a good hard look at them, what these assumptions are allowing us to do and keeping us from doing. I believe any equity-oriented approach to the work that we do in health, research theory, practice policy, it all necessarily involves using language that is itself grounded in equity and justice. This is part of what it means to me to take what I call a critical health stance. And we can find out if our language has that grounding by starting to ask some hard, reflective questions, as the authors of this guide invite us to do. Now, if you want to go further in this kind of question asking, our most popular podcast episode of all time is 12 prompts that you can ask yourself when you want to engage in some critical reflection. Questions designed to get at taken for granted beliefs, the things we typically don't get down to, and the occasional uncomfortable question. So I will drop that link in the notes as well. And number five, thinking structurally. This guide thinks structurally and it invites us to think structurally too. They don't flinch. The the inherent question, why should we do this? They answer like this, quote, being explicit about race and racism helps us understand how racist policies, systems, and structures cause unequal differences in health outcomes, end quote. Now quote. we've got 20 years of data that structures and systems in health are contributing to health inequalities. Structures are all around. They hide in plain sight. Standard operating procedures are structures. Professional groups are structures. Informal social groups are also structures. Laws are structures. Policies are structures. Conversations are structures. Written texts are structures. So if you're serious about thinking and acting structurally about inequalities, there's plenty of places to look. Like some conversations I'm hearing lately that imply or sometimes flat-out state that a main cause of health inequities is located in individual patients themselves did an episode on this link in the notes the guide challenges this kind of thinking too the individual biomedical model and invites us to think structurally about health saying quote use an equity lens if there is an inequity consider the social institutional or structural systems that maintain inequities over time provide background information on these systems, end quote, and quote, describe issues from a systemic perspective, end quote. Oh, I got a couple seconds here. There's also a glossary available. It covers key concepts of public health and different systems of oppression in one place, including racism, cis sexism, heterosexism, and other systems of oppression. And I like that it's arranged in a topical format. They do a kind of here's the problem, here's an approach set up. So you're getting educated on topics rather than just reading a list of terms. For example, there's a section called Understanding Oppression. There's another one called What Terms Help Us Understand Cissexism? And again, it's going to be on the nyc.gov website. Now, if you like the sound of this, if you like the sound of a focus on language and someone helping you through uncomfortable subjects, stay tuned. We have a big announcement coming soon that you won't want to miss. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, audio engineering and music by Joe Liebel. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.